Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. If you were able to join us last week, we had uh, an informative discussion with attorney uh, Jeanne Pequeno regarding the divorce settlement agreement, uh, the documentation that goes along with that. Um, we're going to continue with the uh, family law theme this week as we get into one of the significant elements of the divorce process, maintenance. Uh, now, we've talked about that subject uh, previously here on the podcast, but in Illinois, a new law went into effect earlier this year, and that's going to impact the calculation that's used to determine monthly maintenance amounts. So uh, today's our day to find out a little bit more about that. Uh, hi, everybody. Jim Mitchell with you again, and, and pleased to uh, take some time to enjoy the uh, conversation today. Um, joining me will be one of our best contributors to the series, a, a friend we haven't had a chance to catch up with in a while, Attorney Christina Regal of Lavelle Law. Um, who's going to share some some very valuable insights on this. Christina, I know you have been busy, so thanks very much for taking the time to join us today. Well, thank you for having me, Jim. So when when I use the term maintenance, um, I think it still catches some people off guard. Is this the same thing that people used to refer to as alimony? That's it. Absolutely. Yes, okay. the, the the term was changed a while back. So we often it's called maintenance, formerly known as alimony, just to make it clear for everybody. Perfect. Okay. So now we've got a term there that's relatively new. We also have a new law. When did when did this law go into effect in Illinois? This law um, went into was was signed by the governor uh, in August 2014 and took effect on January 1st, 2015. So um, people have been gearing up for this for a while, um, but it didn't take effect until January 1st of this year. And um, so this is the first time we've kind of been sussing this law out. Yeah, so it usually takes a little time to kind of work through the system and, and start to, you know, be seen that in that process. Now, who do we expect gets impacted by the by the new law? Okay, so um, it, this is not – that's a great question because this is not uh, – this maintenance law does not apply to everyone. The maintenance law applies to most people, but it does not apply to maybe, for lack of a better term, the one percenters. Um, it, this does not apply to people whose household income is above – $250,000. So if husband and wife have a household income of above $250,000, this maintenance statute does not apply to them. Also, the statute says it doesn't apply if a quote-unquote multiple family situation exists. And I take that to mean that um, that if there's uh, the parties are remarried or if there is a previous uh, maintenance obligation for, let's say, a husband had the husband who's going through a divorce has a previous maintenance obligation, um, that this would not apply to that particular family either. But anyone who's got a household income of less than $250,000 and who has no multiple family situation, this law is going to apply to them. Okay. Now, one of the things we want to talk about is this: the new new calculation, the new terms for the calculation. Before you describe those for me, is it are you able just quickly to give us sort of a baseline of, of what the old calculation was, just what we started from, and then we'll talk about what we're going to? 
Absolutely. The quick answer is there wasn't one. It, it was a very, uh, very thorny part of the law. There was no real law for how maintenance was calculated in Illinois, and a lot of judges had their own system for calculating it. Some judges would equalize the income. Some judge would say, okay, well, if you make $50,000 and she makes $100,000, then she's going to have to give you 25000 so you each have 25000 or you each have 75000 rather. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh. Some judges, what's that? Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's oh, fine. Oh, some judges would um, would say, okay, you'll get um, you you if you qualify for maintenance, you will get one percent of its income for every year you were married for a third of the years of the marriage. So I had a case where there was an eleven year marriage. My client got eleven percent of her husband's gross income for three years, a third of the years of the marriage. Um, it was all over the map, which is why our legislature provided us with this maintenance calculation. Some people are happy with it. Some people aren't. But at least we're all on the same page now. Um, it was all over the map before. Okay. So now that we have it, tell us a little bit what it is, what's, what's being implemented here. Okay. So um, a, a good way to consider this is uh, akin to how uh, child support is calculated, where there's a, actually a fixed percentage set by statute. Um, so First things first, we have to determine whether or not someone qualifies for maintenance. And that's a set of factors that the court um, has not changed, that the um, the legislature has not changed. When determining whether or not someone qualifies for maintenance, we look at their education level, their other assets, um, their assets outside of the marriage. For instance, if they have a large inheritance, they might not be eligible for maintenance. Um, their, um, Their health, their age, their income earning potential and their income earning history. Those are there. There could be another factor that I missed in there too, but I'm just rattling off. The, the, essentially, a person's ability to earn income and support themselves. If if a, if a judge rules that essentially if someone has the ability to earn income and support themselves, has other assets or whatnot, it's not going to award income from um, a former spouse to sup, you know supplement when it's not needed. Um, assuming a person does qualify for maintenance as, you know, being maintenance eligible, then um, we would look at the income of the higher earning spouse and the income of the lower earning spouse. There's a, there's a calculation where you take 40% of one and 30% of the other, add it together, and then there's a whole way it shakes out. But essentially, there's a number, there's a calculation, and... Um, and it, I think I don't think it I don't think it makes good radio <laughs> to do that math, but it is fixed. Um, okay. But uh, for a maintenance for a marriage that lasted zero to five years, twenty um, percent of that number would be awarded as maintenance. Then, um, well, twenty I'm sorry, twenty percent of the length of the years of the marriage. So a uh, marriage that was five years long, you would get maintenance for a year. Okay, so uh, a marriage mm-hmm. that was twenty five months long, you get maintenance for five months. Okay. Um, and so zero to five years, 20% of the length of the marriage. Five to 10 years, 40% of the length of the marriage. So a marriage that lasted 10 years, four years of maintenance. A marriage that lasted five years, two years of maintenance. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. 10 to 15 years, 0.6 of the length of the marriage. <laughs> right. So a marriage that lasted, um, a marriage that lasted 15 years, we're looking at 0.6 amount of that time, uh, or 60% of the length of the marriage. And then 15 to 20 years. Point eight percent of the marriage, so um, or yeah, point eight of multiply the length of the marriage by point eight, mm-hmm. so sixteen years of maintenance for a twenty-year marriage. If 
the marriage is longer than 20 years, the court can't, in its discretion, give award permanent maintenance or uh, maintenance in a period equal to the length of the marriage. Well, that's, so, that's um, pretty comprehensive. Yeah, it is. I mean, it really sets out, you know, in very black and white terms, how how long exactly you will get maintenance. And there's there's no there's no more arguing. That's not uh, that's not us for the attorneys to bill our clients to argue about anymore. It's fixed. Interesting. Um, we're hearing from Attorney Christina Regal of Lavelle Law today. Uh, always always a pleasure when she's on the podcast. She brings uh, not only a great deal of, of legal knowledge, but um, outstanding background in journalism, reporting, and, and writing in her career prior to the legal field. And, and she still produces some excellent articles uh, now on, on legal topics. You can find those at LavelleLaw.com. Um, and, and her past podcasts are archived there as well. Um, and you can also find them here on Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. You can download it at your convenience. Um, currently involved in a number of very interesting cases and, and always has a great deal of insight when she joins us, and I suggest taking a look for some of those articles as well. Um, now, you, you were giving us the, the description there, Christina, of, of what it is defined now as a calculation. Is this maintenance then assumed to always be a part of every divorce case going forward, or is there might be instances where there's no maintenance at all? That's a great question. So what we have right now is a very strict set of guidelines for a very diffuse concept, whether or not a, a former spouse should have to support his or her whether our spouse should have to support his or her former spouse. And um, because we have this fixed calculation, in my experience, it seems like everyone thinks they're entitled to it. Um, and I don't think a court would rule that would rule that way. But um, because, every, because we've just got one strict number, it seems like people are just running their clients' incomes and their clients' spouses' incomes through a calculator and saying, okay, well, this is how much maintenance I get. Um, and, and that's not been borne out in what I've seen in court. I, I, I haven't seen that play out. Um, you know, in in this statute sets forth a calculation for how to get maintenance if the person qualifies and i don't think we've seen a change in who qualifies for maintenance so i think the the courts are going to be applying the same standards they did before in determining if someone does or doesn't qualify for maintenance so i uh, theoretically speaking ideally speaking we wouldn't have a change in who gets maintenance we just know how much they're going to get and just it's interesting because you said you know this is this is still a fairly new law. A lot of it will be figured out as you go along, based on what you've seen so far. Even though you have some very precise calculations there, are there still areas that you think might be kind of gray areas yet that you're going to have to work your way through and aren't aren't as well defined as you might think at this point? Well, true to the legal world, now everything is up in the air. It, uh, now that we have a fixed set statute on how maintenance should be calculated, we are waiting for the first case to come through the appellate court or come to the Illinois Supreme Court to determine whether or not this is going to hold up. Um, You know, there could be challenges to its constitutionality. There could be challenges to its interpretation. And those types of challenges um, are what we use as lawyers to advise our clients. Because this is so new and it took effect in January, just January 1st, of 2015, we don't have any case law yet at all to help us interpret this law and what it means, right? So if the law says no multiple family situation exists, assuming that the income is less than $250,000 a year and no multiple family situation exists, do we have a case right now that says what multiple family situation means? 
I don't think we have one. So, you know, everything about this statute is going to be picked apart by lawyers at um, the different levels of appeal. And we're going to get a lot bit better picture as the years go on as to what this means and how it's going to be interpreted. But as for right now, it's, um, it's an open playing field. And um, so it has a lot of lawyers scratching their heads. For instance, should, um, should if, if maintenance is assigned, you know, for, let's say, a 25-year marriage, should maintenance terminate? When the income earner paying maintenance retires, assuming that we have a maintenance situation, parties are married for 25 years, um, assuming they didn't get married when they were 18, <laughs> eventually 25 years, you know, expires before, or eventually parties retire before that 25-year mark, should, you know, the higher income earner have to keep on paying despite the fact that they're retired and the retirement assets were you know, presumed to be divided in the divorce as well. These are all questions that we have we don't know the answer to. And I'm going to ask you one more here. Unfortunately, we always run out of time. But just to just to be clear, because I imagine someone's going to jump up and say this, you've defined, you know, this new law going into effect January 1st. Someone who got divorced last year can't come back now and say, oh, we've got these new rules. I, I want to live by these. Uh, this doesn't impact anything prior to January 1st? Excellent question, and yes, it does. Um, oh. if, a, if, if maintenance is modifiable or reviewable, we can come back to court and um, get potentially a much higher sum for people. I've seen clients who we negotiated, you know, what we thought was a great was a great maintenance uh, award, or we uh, got assigned a great maintenance award from the judge. It isn't nearly as high as they would get under um, this statute. Um, and then, you know, then the opposite is true. There are people who could you know, get, be getting less um, if not for the statute. So, um, you know, on a case-by-case -case basis, if that order is left open-ended, you know, if your maintenance is considered to be modifiable or if it's considered to be reviewable, we could come back to court and get and get a different different time frame or a different calculation, a different amount. As I uh, predicted up front, we were going to cover a lot of information today and get a great recap from Christina Regal, and that's exactly what we've got. So I um, want to thank her very much for being with us. Um, as always, uh, we appreciate when she can take the time and, and join us. And if you'd like to find out more, um, LavelleLaw.com is, is a great resource, and Christina is always available to talk to you at 847-705-7555. So we thank her very much for being with us today, and certainly um, want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, again, we're back each, uh, each week here with a new uh, conversation. We've got uh, literally hundreds that we've saved up. And you can find those on Blog Talk Radio. You can uh, download them from iTunes or, again, at lavellelaw.com. So uh, don't, uh, don't hesitate to avail yourself the opportunity to uh, go back and listen to some of our past discussions. And, of course, join us each week going forward. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.